Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey gang, welcome to episode number 127 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Fowler Consulting. And I am Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Drew, I've got a surprise for you today because it's an odd episode and we all know that I'm odd. Which is why odd episodes are yours. So today, I, I know you checked your email today and I sent you some questions. Um, today, I think we're going to ask answer some questions about training from our just amazing listeners. What do you think about that? Huge fan. Huge fan. Let's open up the mailbag. We definitely need to open up the mailbag jingle. Thanks, Mailbox. We just got a letter. 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 Wonder who it's from. I love it. And do some training questions. All right. Question number one. Question number one. How do I schedule training when my franchisee pushes for labor dollar or labor percentage? Wow. That is a very, very good question, especially in these times when leaders are expected to do more with less and produce better results with higher SPLHs and maintain their labor. So when it comes to training, I think that a discussion with whoever is setting your metrics and your goals would be a great place to start to, to kind of get a feel for who you're working with and how they want you to attain those goals. Now, I think one of the downfalls to that particular strategy is people will say, I need X amount of hours for training next week. And they end the discussion there. I think the plan needs to be specific, maybe measurable, achievable, and compatible. The plan has got to be, I'm going to train Bob on Monday to do this, it's going to take me three hours. And at the end of Monday, Bob will be able to do this. When you're spending other people's money, they need to understand what they're getting and what the return on their investment is going to be. And as leaders, we've got to provide those metrics before we can ask for things. You know, I, I can't go to my franchisee and say, I need a brand new oven. Get it. I'm going to tell them why I need a brand new oven. I've got to figure out how much it's going to cost and how long that return is going to take to get on their investment. We're in business, gang. You're running a for-profit business and every dollar that's spent has to produce a return or you won't be in business for long. So when it comes to training, the more specific your plan is, the easier I think it's going to be to get those dollars allocated. Your thoughts? Sam, I'm a member of the Association of Talent and Development and over the last three months, I volunteered to review proposals for their annual awards. In training circles, now in, in dominance, you have SMAC. In training circles, you have what's called a learning objective. And the idea is in a learning objective, you should be able to define who the audience is, what the behavior is that they'll do, the condition that will occur, and the degree to which they'll be able to do it, A, B, C, D. 
Can you say those again? Maybe slow enough for someone that's never heard them, like say me. Sure. So a learning objective should have A, B, C, D, audience, behavior, condition, and degree, A, B, C, D. As an example, you said, hey, Bob's coming in for three hours, right? So your audience is Bob. What's the behavior that Bob wants to learn? We're going to teach him how to set up a three-compartment sink. So by the end of this class, Bob will be able to set up a three-compartment sink. That's the behavior. The condition is the end of class. And what's the degree? By what, to what degree will he be able to do this? Is it 100% of the time? Is it 80% of the time? Whatever that number is. That every morning by noon, see, every makes it 100%. Every morning by noon, after this class, every morning by noon, Bob will be able to set up the three compartments incorrectly. And you can add stuff and make it more specific that the sanitizer hits and that the temperature of the water is this, right? You can make it as specific as you would like. But the idea here is, is that now suddenly I have a very measurable training program. that I know that at the end of this three-hour training with Bob, he should be able to set up the three compartments sink. Not stretch a pizza, not date product, just set up a sink. I tell you this because going over these proposals, it was frightening how many of them were missing that last component, that they had this huge project and the outcome for the project was that people would feel good. I mean, that's that's important. It is, but it's not measurable. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's, I, you might as well send them to a baseball game. <laughs> Go to a bar, have a drink. You'll feel good. Yeah, there you go. So if you want to convince your franchisee, go smack, specific, measurable, achievable, and compatible. Go with the learning objective, who the audience is, what the behavior is that they're going to learn or do, what's the condition that at the end of the class within a week, to what degree, like figure some way to measure it. Because to be honest, this is the, and it's not just a Domino's thing, this is a nationwide thing. This is the training issue everywhere is that we're scared to measure things because if it's not specific, then we don't take the blame. If it is specific, we take the blame, but that's such a pessimistic view of it. I would rather spin it around and make it so specific. Everybody knows what they're going to get out of training, but he can understand what the cost is. And then I can measure the ROI and show the benefit of whatever this training is. Yeah. I like that a lot. So tell me the original question again. I want to make sure we answered it. How do I get hours for training if my franchisee is pushing a labor target percentage or dollar or SPLH? Okay, I got it. So we've got to determine our audience behavior condition and degree, get a return on the investment, and then we have to ask for it specifically. If the answer is no, then the answer to your question is you can't. And then, and then maybe you should think about how are you going to achieve your goals without the ability to train your team. Now let's back up a second because you'd mentioned earlier, you don't just go to your franchisee and ask for an oven. Correct. But there are times where you can put the full ROI together and the franchisee will go, Hey, you can't get an oven right now. Also correct. So, so the thought process of somebody saying, here's the benefit of all this training and the franchisee saying, or director or supervisor saying, no, isn't that they don't want you to train. It's that what you're asking for might be too grand, too large, too cumbersome, like that's where the negotiation starts to make. I'm going to make them an offer to gamble with you. I, I love that you said negotiation because that's the first thing that popped in my head. Don't take the first no as the end of the road. 
Take the first no as now it's time to pivot. Here we go. Pivot. 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 Now it's time to start negotiating. If you enjoy what you're doing and you have a decent relationship with the person you work with, then find that common ground. And here's what I think is really important to remember. They have all the skin in the game and they have veto power. This is not a democracy. This is a for-profit business that they own. Now, hopefully you're working with somebody that's a lifelong learner and is constantly open to how they can make the business better. And they've put you in a position of leadership because they have a level of trust in you. But keep in mind, they've likely been doing it much longer than you have, which doesn't make them automatically smarter, but it does make them automatically more experienced and they may have tried what you're trying to pitch. So keep asking, well, what do we need to change? How would you do it if you were me? What can you teach me? What can you tell me that I don't already know? What can you, how can you help me get to the finish line so that we can create the metrics that we're trying to create? It's like um, three-day onboarding. Yeah, folks, like, I, I don't know any of my clients that are giving a labor credit for three-day onboarding. Do you? Not that I'm aware of. Here would be my pitch for that. No one's going to give you three-day onboarding credit because they don't believe you're training for three days. So negotiate it down. And you know what? I'm hiring a new driver. It's going to take me four hours to get them to where they can deliver. Can I get four hours of training credit? Hey, by the way, during that four hours, I have one driver who's not going to deliver as, as highly efficiently as they should because they're training this team member. Can I maybe get five hours to train this new driver? Here's the other thing that I think is really important. As you're looking at your training dollars being the reason why you're not hitting your labor goals, have you cleaned up the rest of your house? Well, that was going to be the next part, right? And that's, that's usually what the reply is. You're over three and a half percent. Like you're going to spend this anyway, whatever. Your, your SPLH is 45, whatever. Yeah. Are you making a good schedule? Are you holding your team accountable to working most of the time they're getting paid? Are they efficient? Are they all these things that you should be doing? I've already bought you all the scales and all the rechargeable batteries. You're not using them. Why do you need time to train people to not use the tools I've given you? Welcome to Franchisee Answers. You know, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I really, really don't. I think we've got to make sure we've taken a strong look in the mirror and we've done everything we can with everything we have before we start asking for more. Correct. All right, cool. Question number two. What do you do when your team doesn't want to be trained? This one was kind of a common, like, like you can twist this around a bunch of different ways, but this was a common one. I've got a short answer and I'm sure we'll get into a very long answer. The short answer is you can't train your way out of a bad hire. There are 8 billion people on the face of the earth. And I truly believe that each and every one of those 8 billion people are good at something. It just may not be what you're trying to train them to do. And the longer you keep them, the longer you're holding them back from finding their true calling. So if somebody doesn't want to be trained, Let's get into the longer answer. The first thing I would find out is what is the root cause of their pushback? 
And are they just having a bad day? Are they having struggles outside of work and they're taking it out on you and they say they don't want to? Or quite possibly, and this is where I would go first, is your approach to training them such that you're treating them like infants and you're talking down to them. And when they don't get it the very first time, do you treat them as if it's not hard to make a pizza? What is taking you so long? It is hard to make a pizza. It really is. And for those of you that are shaking your head no right now, I want you to take yourself back to the first pizza you made. It was hard. And if you're saying it wasn't, you're lying. So I use the phrase, it's not rocket science. And it's not. Because there are far more people who know how to make a pizza than there are rocket scientists. Well, there are far more people doing it. Let's, let's put it that way. Okay, that's right. So let's, let's go to that route more, right? dead horse and the beatings that this poor horse keeps getting as being a dead horse. But the horse needs it. But setting expectations at the interview is where all of this starts. And if you're taking over a team, then setting expectations at the interview is where all of this starts. Because if you're taking over a team, you should sit down with everybody and say, hi, I'm Drew. What is it that you know? And this is what I'd like to know. Let's stop there for for one second. I want to make sure I just heard you correctly because I'm pretty sure I did. If you're taking over a team, you're suggesting that you should interview the current team. Yeah. Not saying like, like if you don't pass the interview, I'm firing you. No, no, no. Right. And it's not the, it's not the driver interview. It is the, you've been here six months. What is it you like to do? What is it you hate to do? Yeah. What is it you want to learn how to do? Yeah. Yep. What's the best part of working here? What's what's the part you would change right now? Like it's that kind of interview. I love it. Sorry for interrupting, but I wanted to make sure we got that out. Listen, there's a, a reel going around where this uh, speaker is talking and he's taking questions. And this guy's like, so, so I hire this person and they don't want to. And the speaker goes, that fire her. And the whole crowd's like, ooh. And the guy's like, you made a bad hire. And here was the part I loved about the, the, the interaction from the speaker. And I can't remember the guy's name, but his line was, your ego is what's making you keep this person because for some reason you believe that in 20 minutes, you can completely tell who a person is through a series of four or five questions. You can't. You screwed up. You hired the wrong person. Let them go find something better to do before you're both miserable and ruined. That sounds like Gary Vanerchuk. That sounds like something he'd see say um because he's just very matter of fact and and the thing i really like about him is that and bad hire does not mean they're a bad person it just means they're they're not a fit for whatever it is you're asking them to do and that's why i i go back to my there's eight billion people on the face of earth and everybody's good at something you know a, a funny line from caddyshack the world needs ditch diggers too well the world does need ditch diggers and there's nothing wrong with being a ditch digger the world needs people to deliver pizza, and there's nothing wrong with being a pizza delivery person. The world needs rocket scientists, and if that's what you aspire to, hallelujah. I hope you're great at it in case I'm ever on a rocket. That would be awesome, by the way, but that's, yeah. That would be, yeah. Are you trying to get me out of this world, Drew? So yeah, you can't train your way out of a bad hire, and if somebody is on your team that has no desire to be on your team and you can't, and you can't train them because you've used all of your best techniques, not all of your worst techniques, then 
then maybe it's time for you to, to, to set them free. But I, I think, you know, friend of the show, Tim McIntyre does this leadership thing called from the inside out. And one of his slides says people these days say that this generation doesn't want to work. Maybe they just don't want to work for you. And so maybe it's not that they don't want to get trained. Maybe they don't want to get trained by you because of the way you've treated them. And maybe an apology is the first step to building those walls or tearing those walls down. So look at, look at the way we, we answered that both ways, right? This has almost nothing to do with the person you're talking to. Adjust the way you're training or adjust the way you're hiring. Or both. Or both. All right, we've got time for one more question. All right, it's your time. To, it's your turn to pull into the mailbag. It's my turn to pull into the mailbag. All right, I'm looking into the mailbag, and it says so. And this kind of builds on question number one: How do I pay for it? Where am I supposed to find this time you speak of to train these people? Oh, I've got that one's come up a couple times. I'm doing class too. I have my better shifts today workshops, and I differentiate classes and workshops. A class, I feel, is something where I pull you away and put you into a room. And and we have like a lecture kind of um, space. Whereas a workshop, you're in your place of work. And I'm right there with you shoulder to shoulder. And I've gotten to a place where most of my content now is in the form of a workshop. And I want GMs and supervisors to be able to teach those workshops because I can now fit it into my normal day, my normal daily work. How I open, all I need is an extra half hour before open to, to really button everything up. Or how I close, all I need to do is, is um, have the participants be there or me be there two, three hours before close. How I handle the rush, 90 minutes before I can show up and we can go through it. Um, even the product class is the same way. So you find the time by integrating it into what it is that you do. It's not something extra. It's it's a slowed down version of what you already do. It's it's taking what you do to our conversation earlier about you know making pizzas isn't easy. But if I can explain each step in the process, then as I'm making one, I can ha- I can be training somebody next to me. So it's not a matter of finding extra time. It's a matter of slowing a process down. And then the key here is allowing them to practice. I would add to that. And I love the way you just explained that. I think there are also times where you do need to add in some extra time because an investment on the front end will give you returns on the back end. You know, as you're talking about slowing things down, I think naturally we're going to add a little bit of time into that. If if you've come in to close and I'm going to slow that process down instead of it taking me 30 minutes to close, it might take me 45. It's 15 minutes. Big deal. You, you, you taught somebody else how to close and now maybe next week instead of closing seven days, you're only closing six or five or four or three. And you're slowly getting yourself to a place where you've got a team, a team, a team that can produce the results and the metrics that you're looking for. Somebody is not going to walk into your Domino's Pizza store today and say, I am fully trained. Can I start? It's just, I've been waiting for that person and they just never show up ever. 
it takes more though too, right? It's not even finding the time. It's taking 10 minutes to just plan it out. Who's going to be the trainer? Is it me as the manager? Is it you, Sam, as the best driver I've got to train the new driver? And I should probably tell you you're going to train somebody. Like just just taking 10 minutes to plan out what it looks like. So it's I I've gotten to a place where it's less about like I need to bring in all 22 of my team members into the store to teach them how to make the new upside down pepperoni souffle. No, nope. I'm not capable of teaching 22 people in a store. And then I'm a professional at this. Just train two or three. Just, just, just grab the people around you and show them something. Maybe you've had this experience. I've been in pizza stores and People have been kind enough to ask me to show them how to do something. Let's say properly prepping a pan pizza. And what I find is when that person asks me to do it and I give them one-on-one training the way that I feel it should be done, including creating a positive atmosphere and previewing the task and demonstrating the task and practicing the task and giving them feedback and recognition, I remember distinctly like it happened yesterday one person asked me to show them how to do a pan and we were doing it at the cut table and by the time i got done with the second one there were eight people around the cut table i didn't invite them and they came and when you start creating training atmospheres like that you don't have to find the time because the people will find you it just amazes me how curious this workforce is if you train them in a way that makes them feel empowered and they want to do well they want to be smart they want to be able to make the pizza the right way it just amazes me every single time i get a little frustrated when you'll hear the manager say well my team has never responded to training like that and the reason i get frustrated is because i just want to look at them and say it appears they've never had training like that. And it's not what we're training. It's not when you and I are in a store and we're, we're training A, B, or C because we train A, B, or C the same way every time. Make a connection with the learner. Make sure you know your audience. What is the behavior that we're trying to create? What's the condition going on? And to what degree do we want them to be able to do it? And, you know, I love that ABCD thing that you hit, hit us with the last, the last episode. And it's it was so this important. Episode, Sam. It's such a long episode. We're all like, it? it was, it was oh this episode. God. It's oh not really God. that long of an episode. Wow. Well, I love but, that you hit it with me earlier in the day today. There you go. All right. So I think we, we hit questions one, two, and three. Let's wrap this puppy up, shall we? So I think to recap. Oh, good, good, good. Sorry. Start with you. This isn't about your team doesn't do X and your team won't do Y. This is about how can I be a better trainer? How can I hire better? How can I start with me? And if I can be the best me I can be, it'll allow you to be the best you you can be. So if you start with you and don't put the blame on them, you have a much better chance of training your team, of getting the results you want of making the sales pitch to your franchisee on why you need training dollars or training hours 
because the pitch is about what you will do and not about what your team will do. How's that for me, Sam? Well, here's what I really like about what you just said. When it comes to one-on-one training and it's you and a learner, you only have control of one of those people. (laughs) If you're more focused on what you're doing and how you're creating that positive atmosphere, I think you're going to find much more success. Hey gang, this has been episode 127 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. As always, if you would like us and follow us, that would be great. I've gotten a couple of texts in the last week that people are sharing them with their team. I've seen some posts on Facebook. People are sharing the carpet bombing that we're doing. Thank you so much for that. You'll never know exactly how much we appreciate that, but we do. As always, I am Sam with Fowler Consulting. And I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Gang, go out and sell more pizza. And have more. Fun. That's all, folks.